Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. McDaniel will end it in style. Arkansas is in hog heaven. They've won the first ever national championship. You're still missing your free throws, Wes? Who cares? They don't show free throws in Sports Center. Here's Washington. On the drive. I don't know if he'll make any change, but I figure it's time for me to start playing ball. And they do it in stunning fashion. Over the number two team in the country. Back is I missed this shot. I walk away. I'm still a chump. You're listening to the Halftime Podcast. Arkansas and Florida battling to uh, move on to the quarters to take on an LSU team that, for all the guests that we've had on uh, today, um, everybody seems to think LSU is primed for the picking. Don't, doesn't it seem that way? Blake Lovell said that. Bob Holt said that. You and I both think that. I think everybody except LSU might think that, in fact. And you can't have that mentality if you're the players or the coach that's taken over for Will Wade, but that's just kind of the outsider perspective because it just seems like things are collapsing in on the on their program right now in terms of basketball. And it might be one of those things where they use that as motivation that's everyone's counting us out to win this thing. That's fine, we'll take it. Or they could actually fall into the trap of believing the outside stuff they're Bad press clippings, if you will. So we're really going to find out tomorrow, first game, see how that team comes out. And talked about this with Bob a little bit. It's hard when you get to the championship if you have to start playing on Thursday. But for that Friday game to already have played one and to kind of get the feel, because it's one thing to feel to go through shoot-around. It's one thing to go through drills. But when you played a game in the arena the day before, that helps you. You get the. It's just. It's more about the feel, and I think that's going to be an advantage for either Arkansas or Florida, whoever advances, on top of the stuff that's surrounding LSU right now. You know, uh, everything that surrounds the preparation for a game for players and coaches, and 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 media members too, uh, changes once you get into any sort of a tournament setting. I mean, at this point, you're used to playing evening games. I know they had a couple of 12 noon tip-offs on a Saturday, but not on a not on a Thursday. But the way that it lines up for the Razorbacks is that every game that they would play, no matter how far they go in the SEC tournament, will be tipping off at 12 noon Central Time, one o'clock Eastern Time. Get accustomed I mean, that, to it. That's right. That's, you get accustomed to that too. Now, now, admittedly, I know it can be a little bit difficult for anybody, certainly younger athletes, to get to bed. You know, at a at a normal time or an early time, if you yeah. consider that you got to wake up earlier the next day, uh, and it, I mean, look, you get jacked up after a game. You just do, mm-hmm. uh, and you experience this as a fan. I think uh, the players certainly experience it. You can't just come down automatically. So I think that 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 can hurt sometimes the teams that are playing at night. Uh, I mean, you got a six o'clock tip, Alabama, Ole Miss, uh, Central Time. That's seven o'clock out east, which means that the A&M Mississippi State game probably doesn't tip off until 9 or 9.30. Yeah. And sometimes you play those games, but you don't have to play a game the next day, usually, when you do, or ever, when when you're doing that in the regular season. So, I don't know. And then if you you do make it to the semifinals, you're going to get an extra three hours of rest than the team that you're playing in the championship. And maybe we're overthinking a little bit, but I think if you're playing four games in four days... Those extra three hours of rest can mean oh, can mean something. It's a big I, deal, yeah. Um, and a little PSA out there. I, I put this on social media earlier this week. Phil, a lot of students, I don't know how many students we have listening to the program right now online at hitthatline.com. 
But you can use your student ID and get a $10 seat right next to the goal. Is this for any student in the SEC? Any student in the SEC that can take advantage of that. I did it twice in college. To this day, those are the best seats I've sat in my entire life. My senior year, I'm texting my buddies. I'm like, guys, these seats are $10. They're right next to the goal. And we had just been to Nashville for New Year's. They're like, ah, they're on the fence. I'm like, all right, well, I also have a free place to stay. Let's go. And so that kind of topped it off where they got free, free board, and then they essentially almost got in for free. You literally st- show them. You go into an entrance next to the uh, that little what's the the needle almost that's on Bridgestone Arena. You show them your student ID. Now you can't sit on during the other games, but you can sit on the games. And, it, and the, honestly, the tickets are not that expensive down there. Now the championship, especially if it's let's say LSU and Kentucky, those will be a little more pricey. But they're honestly for those fans and. This maybe isn't the year that you go down, trek down as an Arkansas fan because there's a very good possibility that they're going to lose today, possibly if they make it to lose LSU tomorrow. But I was kind of surprised back when I was there in 2015 and 2017 that more Arkansas fans didn't make the trip. Now, I know Lexington's about three to three and a half hours, and they played Kentucky twice in the championships, a little easier of a trek down from Lexington to Nashville. But it seems like all the time – Arkansas fans talk about how they want to get back to the glory days. And I know Bobby Portis and Michael Qualls' team, and then Daryl Macon, Dusty Hannis, and Jalen Barford's team weren't to the degree of Thurman, Corliss, and the teams that you saw in the 90s. But like, give them some help if you can, you know? Like, help out with attendance. Like, fandom, it's a two. I've talked about this before. It's kind of a two way street, but Bridgestone. It's a great place to watch a game, kind of similar to the Sprint Center. And if you get a chance, if Arkansas manages to win today, it might be worth it to go down to see them play LSU based on the fact that LSU is not where they need to be at this point of the season right now. Well, it's uh, one of the things I think Bob Holt brought up that's really interesting is how Arkansas has grown as an offensive team since that abysmal performance against Florida the first time they met. Uh, and it was a matter, you remember this, it was a matter of getting the ball into Daniel Gafford mm-hmm. to try to open everything up. That's when you heard a lot of Mike Anderson talking about, we need to be an inside-out team. And they hadn't been a good team to get Gafford the ball with position uh, with a chance to feed anybody else. And I think a lot of the criticism went to the thought when you looked at the box score that Gafford only had four shots in the ball game. But how many touches did he get? He only had one assist played 27 minutes he rebounded well uh but uh, nobody else uh it, with this team right now you're seeing gafford get more touches in yeah. the paint you're seeing it open up the the shooting uh not the shooting lanes but the the open shots for a guy like isaiah joe from mason jones you know the other thing with these teams matt uh you basically had your starting five set with adriel bailey and mason jones joining uh, Jalen Harris, Isaiah Joe, and Daniel Gafford. Now you got Bailey and Jones coming off the bench. And Jones has been a spark plug uh, in that situation. Gabe Osaboyan and uh, Desi Sills have been in the starting uh, lineup over these last four or five games. And it seems to have uh, infused the team with uh, some energy at the start of games because that's the sort of player that uh, Sills and Osaboyan both are. 
And when you get, remember, Mike always talks about this is, we need our bench to score for us. We have to have it. But you never had anybody coming off the bench that was a consistent scorer. Mason Jones has been that. And it's been, I mean, maybe for Mason, in a sense, it's been like a, an addition by subtraction because he's used to a position where he's been starting. But for the team, maybe more effective coming off of the bench. So, and, and that's why, I mean, look. It was nine weeks ago when these teams met at Bud Walton Arena. It's been a while, yeah. It has been a long time. So whatever happened in that game doesn't necessarily have any bearing on what's going on right now. Now, I would also say, you know, both Mike White and Mike Anderson discounting how these teams have played over the last, you know, couple of weeks. And both teams are, are on opposite streaks. Uh, Florida's dropped three in a row after winning five straight. And Arkansas is the exact opposite, almost the exact opposite. They've won three in a row after losing six straight. But both head coaches are discounting that completely. I don't know if I discount that the way that Arkansas has played because of the shuffle of the starting lineup, what it's done to the offense, what it's done to three-point shooting. And here's the other thing, too. Who's the best player in this game? It's Daniel Gafford. And you, if, if Gafford gets the ball more than he did the first time they met, I think that's going to lead to a better opportunity. You expect them to score more than 51 points no matter what. But the way that they've been scoring, with Gafford getting the ball more now, I don't know. There's a sense that that right now this Arkansas team, and I'm not going to, well, I won't make a prediction about LSU or anything after that, but against Florida, I, I, I can't see any way that they don't get 75 to 80 points. And I don't think that we've mentioned this enough that Daniel Gafford doesn't want his last game to be just kind of a, a middle of the pack. He had a decent numbers. I mean, you saw the performanceville he put on against Alabama in their last game at home against Bud Walton. The guy had 29 points and a career-high 16 rebounds. I think he wants to go out. If he's going to go out, it's going to be on a high note. So unless they just are incapable of getting the ball to him, and I know we've talked about it a little bit, how at times they've been slow at getting the ball to post. They'll look at him for a sec. He'll have his man sealed, and they just won't throw him the ball. That's one thing I noticed about the 94 team. When Corliss had his mailed sealed, whether it's Beck, Thurman, McDaniel, whoever, they throw him the ball immediately. Got to be better about that. But I think he's going to have a monster impact in this game, whether it's on the defensive end or offensive end, because Florida doesn't uh, – I think it's um, – He's, I'm saying this right. Kavarius Hayes, I believe, is how you pronounce his first name. And it's not like they're just they – they're not playing Kentucky today. And he's not playing this kind of the, the, the bowed-up uh, presence of a Grant Williams and an Admiral Schofield and even what LSU brings to the table with Nazarene. And I'm forgetting their center. But it, it, the, the force down low is not as intimidating as some of the teams that they might face later on in the SEC tournament. He can't have under double-digit points, and Arkansas expects to be in this game, especially with the possibility of Keyshawn Embry Simpson not playing, Phil. Well, we continue to tick down towards uh, towards the tip-off. And, uh, I, you know, without Keyshawn Embry Simpson, I, I don't really know if that if that affects him very much. He, you don't think been, so? He's been so hit and miss. He really, and I don't, I don't know who you replace him with, and maybe it's a matter of number of minutes uh, that you're trying to replace there. But he's been, he, I mean, he's averaging 15.3 minutes a game. So may, maybe that comes into play. Who are you going to put out there? Or who has to play extra minutes uh, for, for, for this game? Maybe Desi Sills has to stay out there a little bit longer. Maybe, maybe Mason Jones plays more minutes off the bench. But Keyshawn sometimes has been such a hit and miss player and more miss than hit. Yeah. So I, I just don't know if that's going to affect you in a negative way other than the minutes. 
And, and I don't know if that affects you today, but it could affect you further along if you're playing three games in three days or if you're lucky to play four in four days. Yeah, and the, the reference I'm making with him, he has been hit and miss. You're exactly right. But the minutes impact that's going to have on, not only if Arkansas is able to win this game, but moving forward. Because think about it. Jordan Phillips transferred. He's no longer with the team. How much was his depth at 6'7", and the potential that he would possibly have in this game. How much would that help you? Because, Phil, they don't have another guard they can throw in there. They're not putting in Ty Stevens. They're not putting in Johnny Buckets. They don't have another guard as much as as much as I hate to say that. They're just not going to do that. And so, really, outside of Mason Jones, because you're going to start I'm you're assuming they're just going to go with Austin Boyan, Sills, Isaiah Joe, Jalen Harris, and Daniel Gafford as the starting lineup. Outside of bringing in Mason Joe... See Mason Jones, what guard are you going to bring in off the bench? Am I? I'm not, I don't think I'm forgetting someone. You're going to bring in Adriel Bailey. You're going to bring in Reggie Chaney. And you, I mean, this is supposed to be like an eight or nine guy lineup. Like it's going to be eight max, man. That's I, it. That's, that's it. it. Maybe eight. Johnny Holmes is a scholarship player. There's a hey, don't don't put ideas in my head. If I actually saw him play significant <laughs> minutes, I might lose my. I, as a big Johnny Holmes fan, I know a lot of his buddies went to college with him and played basketball with him and actually at the practice facility. He doesn't deserve to play in the SEC. If the game's in hand, if it's close, he does not deserve to get significant minutes. As much as I would like him to, we got to throw that out the window. I know. I mean, t- tongue was firmly stuck way inside cheek uh, <laughs> saying that because, I mean, he... I almost feel like he should uh, he should be sending Jordan Phillips some thank you cards for his scholarship. Otherwise, Johnny Holmes would still be paying his way on campus. Yeah, that's that's the scholarship that he got. You're listening to the halftime podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Phil Elson PXP and at Ty Sports Radio. Beard ahead to Gafford. How about a windmill? Let's put a little exclamation point on it. The Hogs are moving on. Bob, you make it to Bridgestone Arena yet? Yeah, yeah, I'm here, I'm here in the workroom. I kind of got off into the corner here by myself, so I wouldn't bug anybody, and it, they wouldn't wonder what I was doing. But, yeah, no, we, we made it down here. It's uh, overcast, probably, probably going to rain, but it's, it's very warm. It's in the 70s. The high is supposed to be in the 70s today, so they could probably play outdoors if they really felt like it. The theme today for, for this game, and Ty and I have touched on this quite a bit, is, is desperation. Both of these teams right now, Arkansas and Florida, have to come in uh, just at, more desperate than any of the other two teams matched up against each other in this uh, in this second round. Uh, because when you look at the other games, uh, you know, Alabama, maybe they're on the bubble. Ole Miss is in. Mississippi State is in. And Auburn is in. Georgia's not going to, you know, they need to win the whole thing. You look at Arkansas and Florida, these are two teams that still may have a chance in Arkansas's case, to play their way onto the bubble with a run in Nashville. And Florida needs a win today if they're going to make it to the NCAA tournament. So would you agree that the, the a theme for this game are two very desperate teams? Yeah, because like you pointed out, this is really the only game uh, left where both teams you know, need to win to, uh, to have a shot at the NCAA tournament. And, and they both have a, a realistic shot. Obviously, Florida's has a much higher net, 33, based, at least I would assume it's based on their strength of schedule because they had to play Kentucky, Tennessee, and LSU all twice. Plus they played Michigan State and Florida State. But even though Arkansas and Florida have identical records, Arkansas is down there at 64, I think it is. So Florida, if Florida wins, 
they they probably are in, although they probably don't want to press their luck. But if they lose, you know, they'd be uh, 17 and 15 with four straight losses. Granted, uh, two of those would have been to Florida or to Kentucky and LSU, but one of them was at home to Georgia, which is a pretty horrible loss, you know, for a team trying to make the NCAA tournament late. So, um, yeah, Florida, I think Arkansas is more desperate. But, yeah, really, if Florida loses, they, they probably aren't going to make it when it looked like they, they were in before this this uh, losing streak. And Arkansas, they may have to win the whole thing. You know, I asked Mike Anderson if he thought, well, could they get to the championship game? Uh, could they possibly get in? Because that would mean they would have beaten Florida, LSU, and probably either Kentucky or Tennessee. Um, and he just said, hey, we're just taking one game at a time. You know, obviously, they can't beat LSU if they don't beat Florida. So Arkansas may have to win the whole thing, may have to win three games. I'm not sure. If Florida wins one, they're probably in. But, but if they lose today, they, they probably aren't going to get in. It's something now. None of the none of the coaches really like to talk about where they think they fit in as far as bracketology is concerned. A lot of them say, you know, they leave that to the bracketologist, give you the cliche of the one game at a time. But uh, I mean, you, you, I think you you even brought it up to the two coaches that are, are in that are taking the, these teams into this game today at the press conference. But they just don't really seem very interested in talking about where they think they fit into the national picture. Well, I mean, the Arkansas obviously got more work to do than Florida. But, yeah, I don't think they want their players to think, well, you know, because the Florida players are probably feeling pressure, like, hey, if we don't win this game, we're not going to get in. And so uh, Mike White or any coach probably doesn't want his players. He wants his players playing relaxed and loose and feeling good. And same way with Mike Anderson. Of course, Arkansas is playing better. You know, I asked Mike White on the SEC call the other day, you know, how does a losing streak or winning streak play into a matchup like this? And he said basically he doesn't think it has any effect. It's a clean slate new season. And he pointed out accurately that last year, when Florida played its first tournament game against Arkansas, um, Florida had won three and Arkansas beat them. Now, Arkansas had already beaten South Carolina uh, in the tournament. They were coming off a loss of Missouri in the regular season, so it is. You know, there is a new feeling here at the tournament. You want to Arkansas? You know, their young guys have been through the rigors of the SEC schedule and playing. You know, a lot of good non-conference teams like like Texas Tech and in Indiana, <clears throat> but they haven't been in this one and done situation. In the tournament, so you wonder how how that's going to impact them. But there's no doubt Arkansas is playing well coming into the tournament. The, the, the question is, can they can they maintain the level of play they've had here the last couple of weeks? Which really, to me, started with when they lost to Kentucky. It was a tough loss, but I think it really got them going again because they played so well against Kentucky at Rupp Arena. Bob Holt, Arkansas Democrat, is at our guest here on halftime. Bob, you mentioned what happened last year. Arkansas was able to play. Thursday and then beat Florida on Friday. How much do you think that they were possibly able to win this game would give them a benefit that they played in the arena today when they take on it, possibly a potential matchup against LSU tomorrow? I think it would give Arkansas an advantage. Now, if, if Arkansas were, were to make it to Sunday, then, you know, they, they probably have tired legs. I mean, it's a Friday, they probably have tired legs. I, like when Arkansas played Tennessee last year in the semis on Saturday, I thought Tennessee, number one, was, was a better team. And number two, that they had, they'd only played, that was going there was their second game was Arkansas's third game. So I think that really impacted the game. But, but, but when you, you win and you're feeling good and you're playing a team in LSU that hadn't played since Saturday, I think it's an advantage for the team that's won. Plus, Arkansas played LSU really tough, you know, lost at home in overtime, uh, beat LSU by one, and LSU, I, you guys may have talked about this. Will Wade put out a statement saying he wants to coach the team again. And so LSU, they're kind of, even though they won the SEC title, they're kind of team turmoil. Right now. What's going on with the coach? I mean, they might come out here and win the tournament, or they might lay an egg on uh, on Friday, whoever they play against. So 
Um, I would like Arkansas's chances against LSU Frosty if they can get by Florida because, like I said, they played LSU real tough, and I just think LSU, you just wonder where those guys' heads are right now. So this is possibly Kayvon Allen's last game against Arkansas as a Florida player unless there's some weird scenario in an NIT matchup or possibly an NCAA tournament, which I think would even be more out there. Do you think, after seeing him play Arkansas so many times, seeing him come up big again and again, how many? How much of an impact do you think Kayvon Allen has against the Razorbacks today? I think he'll have a big impact. You know, I started crunching some numbers and uh, <clears throat> wrote about this today. You know, he averages fifteen point nine points in seven games against Arkansas, so a pretty large sample size. Not, we're not talking one or two games. And against everybody else, which is one hundred and thirty games, he averages like twelve. So he's averaging you know twenty five percent more points against Arkansas. And all of his shooting percentage, like he shoots 42% on threes against Arkansas, 33 against everybody else. You know, he just, all his numbers are better against Arkansas. And I remember last year in Gainesville, he was he was in a bad slump. Not quite as bad as he's in now, but he hit like, he was shooting about 25% in the previous six games. He came out against Arkansas and hit six out of seven threes, scored 28 points. Um, he just always seems, you know, I, I'm sure it has a lot to do with him being from the state of Arkansas. He, he seems like, I don't know him well, he seems like a really nice kid, but he's very, very quiet. I know he said in the past that he kind of treats Arkansas like another team, but his performance uh, contradicts that. Bob Holt joining us from Nashville. Bob, do you think it comes to uh, to three-point shooting in this game? You wrote, a, you wrote a piece in the Democrat Gazette about how they've been hot from three-point land during this three-game winning streak. The Hogs went six for 26 from behind the arc in the loss against Florida. I mean, it's no surprise that was their lowest scoring game of the season. So does it come down to three-point shooting today? Well, I, here's the way I look at it. Yeah, I think that when they lost to, uh, to Florida in, in Walton Arena, that wasn't one of Daniel Gafford's better games. Really, he, he scored nine points. As I recall, he didn't get many shots. And so what I think Arkansas has to do is they have to make sure and get it to Daniel every possession if possible. And he doesn't have to shoot it, but just have him touch the ball, have the defense react to him. And that's how they've been getting good three-point looks these last few games is Daniel, they're getting the ball to Daniel, he's doing damage, or he's drawing a lot of defenders and kick, kicking it back out. And he's, he's become a better passer out of those double teams or triple teams or whatever teams uh, teams are doing to him. So I think for Arkansas, the key to the good three-point shooting is you get Daniel a lot of touches, get the inside-out game going. And then Florida's been very good at defending the three, but, but um, if they space it well and Daniel's, Daniel is going – and that, that'll really be big for Arkansas. So in that respect, I think the three-point shooting is very important, but I think it'll only be important if they get Daniel involved. Yeah, they've been a much different team than, I mean, I mean look, that was not, that was two two months ago, more than two months ago. when, when Yeah, Arkansas it was like a that. lifetime ago. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, not only has the three-point shooting gotten better, but uh, you, you've seen that improvement from Daniel offensively where it's just a, not even a matter of points. He's become a better passer. He's getting... He's uh, he's fighting for position a little bit better, and I remember that was the problem against Florida was it was it was just tough to get him the ball, uh, whether they weren't looking for him or whether he wasn't battling for position enough. But uh, it's they've grown leaps and bounds since then. Yeah, I mean, I remember Mike White said that seems like a lifetime ago or something. I may be stealing his wine there. I can't remember, but but um, yeah, I think Arkansas. Like I say, really, you look at Auburn. I would say that was a little point of the season, falling behind there 22-1. to 1. After watching Arkansas in that game, you just wondered, man, you know, can these guys win another game? You know, especially in going to Rupp Arena, you thought, well, that's not even going to be close. And they had Kentucky down 15, and I don't really look at it as they blew that game. I think Kentucky is a great team, and they were at home. 
they, 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 they rallied back. But I think that game, honestly, is what got Arkansas going because I think they realized, hey, we almost beat Kentucky and are up, and maybe if they get the benefit of a couple calls down the stretch, maybe they do. And I'm not saying the refs beat them or whatever, but they, they did get a couple of tough no calls down there. And so I think that kind of ignited them. And then they beat a good old Miss team, which, as you said, is going to be an NCAA tournament. And uh, Vanderbilt's obviously terrible, but they blew their doors off, no pun intended, in the second half. And then they beat, you know, Alabama's got a lot of talent. Now they're struggling, and they kind of played their way out of the tournament unless they can get going here. But Alabama's got a lot of talent. And so for Daniel Gafford to do against those athletic big guys and get 29 points and 16 rebounds, that was very, very impressive. And so, you know, if he can, if he plays – in this tournament, like he played against Alabama, Arkansas's got a shot. We got we're talking with Bob Holt live from Nashville at Bridgestone Arena. Bob, one of the issues in this game coming up is going to be depth. Keyshawn Embry Simpson. I've seen contradicting reports that he's a game time decision that he's out. Have you heard anything on the status of him? Uh, I, yeah, now we were traveling here yesterday, but I talked to people. And yeah, so as far as I know, it's a game time decision. I haven't been out there yet to watch warm ups. I'm not even sure they're out there yet, but. Obviously, you know, Keyshawn's had his big games. You know, when they won at LSU, he scored 16. He hit the, the monster three uh, when they were down late against Vanderbilt and Walton. So, you know, Keyshawn, you look at his stats, I think he's averaging about four points in 15 minutes. But he, he can be a key guy. And the thing is, he's played in every game this season. They've played this, the same guys, at least nine guys in every game. So whether it was Keyshawn or somebody else not being able to go, that, that that's a bit of a hole in their rotation. But... You know, they're just going to have to deal with it if he can't play. But I'm I, I, I'm not sure. I honestly don't know if he's dressed out or not today. I, I would think if he's dressed out, he's got a shot to play. If, if they knew he wasn't going to play, they wouldn't dress him out. All right, Bob, let me top off the interview with this. One of the biggest issues with the game last time these two teams met in Fayetteville was the inability for Daniel Gafford not only to get the ball, but to score in general, held to less than double digits. How important is it for Arkansas to get the, him the ball early and often in order for them to have a chance in this game? Well, yeah, kind of like what we were talking about a minute ago. I, th- I think it's crucial. I mean, when you look at these wins they've had, you know, Daniel's been very involved, and he was obviously super involved against Alabama. So I think that's really key. And, now, and he doesn't necessarily have to touch it. You know, just get him touches, get the defense reacting. You know, maybe he makes a move and scores or gets fouled, and he hit seven out of nine free throws the other day. I don't know if he can keep that up, but that'd be great for Arkansas if he could. But, yeah, you want to get that defense to react to Daniel. That's going to open up other opportunities. Obviously, Daniel runs the floor great for a big guy, so – you know, Arkansas would like to get this game up-tempo and get them out in transition because, you know, you look at Florida and they just don't score a whole lot. I mean, Kayvon Allen's are leading scoring. He's averaging 11.9 points. So, you know, if Arkansas could get this game, you know, up in the 70s and 80s, that would be a whole lot better. They obviously don't want it to be in the 50s or even the 60s. But, yeah, getting the ball to Daniel, that's, that's uh, priority number one for Arkansas. Thanks a lot, Bob. Here's for a long stay over there in Nashville, and maybe if you get a chance, some more hot chicken. That'd be nice. All right, well, I'll get the mild. Yeah, not. don't get shut the clock up, Bob. Uh, don't don't touch get, that. Don't even get very hot yeah. because that'll shut your clock up, too. All right, Bob Holt. Okay. The- like the Halftime Pod? Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast at hitthatline.com.